This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is Wednesday, December 21st, 2022, and I'm here with Richard Lai of Engadget, who's all the way in Hong Kong. So for him, it's December 22nd on Thursday. Hi, Richard. How are you? Hi, Miriam. Thanks again for having me. It's been quite a while. Indeed. The last time I had you on was, I think, the 200th show. And guess what? This is the 300th show. <gasps> oh, wow. Congratulations. This is massive. Thank you very much. I think... I'm having you on pretty much on every 100 show. <laughs> it's it's magical. You were the Thank first you. guest on episode one, and then I think you were on 100, 200, and now 300. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Congratulations. I Thank mean, you. Thank you. It is very, it's not easy. It's not easy, but. Uh, no, but you know, I figured, I figured this, this is a streak. We have to continue with it. I'll have you on again on the 400th. Oh, so, yes. Looking forward to that. It's the holidays as usual. There's not much going on. There's a bunch of news. Strangely enough, I recorded last Wednesday, my time, the last podcast. So I missed by something like six hours, the Oppo announcements from Oppo Inno Day. Oppo Inno Day, yeah. So we'll talk about this a lot. And then there's a bunch of other news and bits and pieces. But overall, it's actually not too busy. And so I want us to go through our five favorite phones of 2022. I mean, there's like two weeks left. We're not going to get anything else, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, here's the thing with uh, Chinese manufacturers. They, they don't know what they Christmas They don't know is. about this new year that we have. I know. But the thing is, I'm thinking like... You're looking at it in Hong Kong, so obviously you could go out right now and buy a Vivo X90 Pro Plus, but yes. I couldn't, you see? So mm. until I get a global model, that's not going to count towards 2022. Plus, I don't think maybe Ben Sin got one, but I don't think anybody's gotten their hands on it yet. So Ben, yeah, Ben bought one from our favorite vendor in Hong Kong. Does he have it already then? Yeah, he did a test. Okay. He actually flew to Tokyo and did a Oh, photo I missed shoot. all that. Damn, oh, yeah. damn, <laughs> Check damn. him out. Well, yeah. anyway, I, I, uh, I'm bringing up Vivo because it's definitely in my top five. So let's talk about Oppo a bit because they announced two phones, mm. the Find N2 and the Find N2 Flip. Mm. And I th would love to hear your thoughts on these phones. Like I have the N from last year. Somehow they didn't send me an N2 this year. I'm trying to get that right now. But I liked it a lot. I love the form factor. How, how do you feel about this? It's, uh, it certainly has its merits, you know, uh, it, the, uh, I actually have the N2 here with me. So Ooh, look at you for those on Patreon who are watching the video, you're getting to see the latest and the hottest phone right there. All right. Yep. So this is all about its landscape aspect ratio, if you want to call it that. Um, so compared to the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold series, this is definitely a lot wider. It's shorter, but wider. So, in, in other words, if you have it folded and if you're using the external screen, it's so much easier for typing because you have a wider keyboard and the apps just look more normal because this is much closer to your regular aspect right. ratio. Yeah. So it looks like a, an iPhone mini, like in terms mm. of like almost like the front of it. Like I, I remember for my N, 
I put it side by side with the 13 mini and it was almost the same size. But I would imagine the iPhone mini is not as wide as this. It's not quite as wide yeah. and it's obviously yeah. thinner, but overall mm-hmm. it's a very similar experience. It's very, very one-handed friendly. Very one-handed and funny you should mention that because the Oppo Find N2 is literally the uh, lightest large size foldable phone in on the market right now. I think we're talking about 233 grams. It's quite amazing, actually. I mean, I didn't feel that it was very heavy on last year's model, but I'm sure that once I get them side by side, once I get my review in it, it'll be really obvious. Hmm. Well, it's this is 42 grams lighter than before. And back then, the Find N was actually the one of the heaviest affordable phones back true. then. And uh, somehow they managed to re- uh, reduce this uh, weight because... Now they have a f- carbon fiber underframe for the f- flexible screen uh, on the inside. And they've uh, swapped out some components with titanium parts. So wow, titanium is lighter, fancy. but still as strong uh, or even stronger. <laughs> so anyway, and of course, you've got the, uh, the f- uh, proper cameras on here this time. With the Find N, you know, the original model, I was not too pleased with the camera performance. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest. So is this a Sony IMX766, the 50 megapixel main sensor, do you think? No, it's the... Let me see what else it is. It's the... Uh, oh, maybe I, I I didn't mention this. It's something else, I think. Do you Eight, know? Maybe it's the 866, because that's a new sensor that replaces the 766. It's definitely not the 8... It can't be the 989. Like, that's... It's too, not that, no. Not, yeah, it's too rich for the blood. <laughs> but I'm excited to see that we now have a 48 megapixel ultra wide. That's a big improvement. Um, the telephoto, I'm a bit bummed that it's only, uh, what is it? Is it 2X or 3X? Two yeah, 2X. Two and it doesn't have stabilization on the telephoto, does it? Is it using sensor no. fusion like the Oppo Find X 5 Pro? Because it does have Mary Silicon X, right? And yeah, so that right. did fusion for the telephoto. Because I don't know if you've ever used the Find X 5 Pro and cover the telephoto lens or the main Mm. lens when you try to shoot with the telephoto and it tells you you, it can't take the photo because it's fusing it needs to fuse the two right so i'm wondering if they did the same thing here i'll need to get back to you on that but what i can confirm now is going back to the main camera it's the imx 890 the 890 oh 890 so that's a successor to the huh yeah Interesting, right? I think that's a similar sensor to what's on the, um, I want to say on the OnePlus 10 Pro. That's an 898, I think. So anyway, the the point is, this is definitely an improvement over last year. And I think a lot of it comes down to Mary Silicon X, because that blew me away on the Oppo Find X5 Pro. Yeah. I think Mary Silicon X is more about uh, the ultra uh, video? 4K Ultra HDR yeah, yeah, video for sure. and Ultra Night Mode. Uh, that's some super powerful stuff there. But I think it does it does bring in some other stuff too. Like I believe that the Sensor Fusion is one of them. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah absolutely so right. So it's going to be a big improvement there. And in terms of display sizes, and it's really the same setup, right? Like we're looking at, is there any slight differences at all? There are slight differences with the external screen. The, uh, the external screen is now slightly bigger. The, uh, the oh, chin is slimmer bezel. now. Okay, yeah. cool. Less bezel on the outside, but the form factor wise, it's about the same as before. Uh, the internal screen, uh, same size as before, but uh, with a better performance. I think they improved the, what do you call it? Uh, not, not transparency, but nice, not light transmittance. Oh, cool. So the uh, 
the black is blacker now, if you know what I mean. Right. I think there's like uh, they've managed to re- reduce reduce one layer of film or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, when I first turned it on, I, I immediately I was blown away because I hate using I mean, that word, but I was, I was very happy it was last year's display. So I'm very excited yeah. to see that it's even better because I didn't really yeah. need it. I like like yourself. I really liked my Find N last year. And right. I used it as my main phone for quite some time. So that's why I was able to recognize this difference straight away. And it's basically the uh, Find N, but almost perfected. Yeah, and that's a very perfected. good thing. Because yeah. that form factor, I think, is really great. And I'm really glad they stuck with it because I really loved it. You know, I'm not one of those multitaskers that wants to uh, use a fold, you know, the Galaxy Fold because I want to put windows in the main screen. I kind of just happy just having a slightly bigger version of a normal app kind of almost. And so it, I felt very comfortable on the fine end because I didn't have to like manage the windows basically. But I actually use like my fine end because of multitasking. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. yeah I, so you're probably not aware, but uh, there is a f- gesture for quickly enabling multitasking. Let's say I turn on the uh, app store here. Now, mm-hmm. if I use two fingers to scroll down the, um, the seam in the middle, then it uh-huh. automatically asks you to pick another app. So let's say I'll choose Google app. And, uh, that was go. on the end too, right? They, they, yeah. That, yeah, I remember using that, that. I'm just saying that for me, it's like, I find that this, they did a very, they did a very good job at making it easy, but I yeah. just use it as a normal phone, basically. Oh, sure. If sure. I want more real estate, I just open it up. That's kind of how I used it. It was, it was, yeah. and I, you know, with the fold, I feel like I'm wasting the the real estate that's available to me. But with this, I didn't feel like I was somehow because mm-hmm. it's, you know, 7.1 inches. Most right. of our phones today are 6.7. I mean, it's bigger, but it's not a huge amount bigger, right? It's all, it's all about the aspect ratio, right? Or are you talking about the uh, expanded size? I'm talking the about the, expand, the, the, okay. the open size, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but I love what I'm seeing here. I'm very excited yeah. also that it has an 8 plus Gen 1. That's a great chipset. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's obviously not the newest, but I didn't expect they would. Last year, they didn't ship it with the newest either. Oh, no, because that took uh, a little longer to develop, you see. And now yeah. they have a foundation. Right. They just stick whatever they can into it. It's, it doesn't have to be the latest, to be honest. As long as it's the 8 Plus Gen 1, not the 8 Gen 1, then we're exactly, good to go. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. The better processor, for sure. I do want to mention something, because uh, one thing that really impressed me is they, uh, they added another gesture uh, control. Okay. So, you know, normally when you take a screenshot, you, there are gestures for that, like... Um, it's different for, for each manufacturer. Uh, in Oppo's case, usually you use um, like a three-thinker swipe down. And of course, if you're multitasking, then that captures the entire screen. But let's say if you want to capture just one of the two apps, what you can do now is do the same gesture, three fingers down on the, either side, and then boom. It, it actually captures that just that one side. And I thought oh, that's sweet. pretty, pretty clever. Of course, you can still capture both sides by uh, doing the same gesture in the down middle. the middle. Right. So I thought it's super intuitive. And if you use WeChat, uh, if you're in China, then if you do that free finger swipe horizontally to WeChat side from the other app, then you're automatically adding that screenshot as a uh, an attachment in your WeChat chat. Oh, See? very clever. It is. Wow. So wow. Cool. Very cool. 
I mean, um, you know, Oppo's already mentioned that they don't plan, they don't have plans to launch this globally yet. Uh, I think it's only because two things. One is they've been focusing so hard on optimizing these uh, user experience, UX uh, tweaks uh, for mm -hmm. the Chinese apps. And secondly, they're still observing the, my guess is they're still observing the global uh, foldable phone market right now. And uh, of course, you know, Samsung and Google are still clearly working together on optimizing the foldable version of Android. Um, so, right. yeah, I think yeah. Oppo has no rush, technically speaking, because like when I got this phone, it's the China version and they only have China version. So Yeah, but, that's um, right. All you have to do is you can just stick the Google Play, uh, the Play Store APK in there and you, you're good to go. Yeah, that's what happened with mine last year as well. And I believe right. that I talked to the folks at Oppo about getting a review in it, and they said, yeah, it's a China-only market right now. But it doesn't matter to me. I'll just put the, the Play Store. The only drawback is that you can't... Well, you can. You can replace the messaging app, but it, ah. it resets back to being the default being back to the Oppo app. Like, So it's a weird thing. Like, Also, you can't change the launcher. Not that you really want to, because you want to benefit from all the, the tricks of the launcher for you know for the dual screen for the the folding features but the messaging app i've noticed this on a lot of the oppo phones that are china only and bbk group phones in general that are china only <laughs> is that if you install it lets you install a second messaging app it lets you select it as the default but basically the next time you reboot it's back to defaulting to the original and then you manually have to make it back into the default. It's really interesting because it's not forbidding you to do it. It's just kind of like steering you back on the right path, as it were, or whatever, right? <laughs> it's this very, very weird little thing. The China way. yeah. Right. But honestly, other than that, everything else works just like a charm. So I didn't have any issues at all with my N. I do have to say the one issue, and it, it was pretty much the only issue was I started to uh, have issues with my contacts synchronization. Oh, so uh, that started uh, when I was using my find end last year. Uh, I noticed that um, when I'm using WhatsApp, I started seeing that some of my contact names got converted back to just their phone numbers. Basically, I lost the contact cards in my address book. Interesting. And no matter how many times I uh, fill their names back in, they would eventually disappear after a day or two. And I'm still having this issue today um, on my on my Xiaomi uh, Mix Fold 2, which we can talk about in a bit. But uh, that's that's one of those small, well, I wouldn't say small, but one of those I issues that you may come across when you're using a China-only Android phone. Yeah, sadly. it's it can be tricky sometimes. But, I mean, overall, it's still perfectly usable. If you're a tech-savvy early adopter like us, you'll have no issues. Right. You'll find exactly. some workarounds. Also, you can Google stuff and, you know, people in the forums sometimes find solution to these issues. So it's not a huge deal. But I'm also excited about this Find N2 Flip. So I presume you got hands-on with that yet? No, not no, yet? Okay. not yet. I, but it's, uh, well, first of all, in terms of launch date, the, uh, the Flip does come slightly later, like okay. later this month. Right, I remember that. So that could be one of the reasons for why we didn't get it in time. Uh, but the good news is the Finance to Flip will be available globally, first of all. That's and, cool. Um, I want to hear why you're uh, uh, excited about the Flip from Oprah. I honestly think that right now my favorite 
form factor for folding phones is f- basically the flip fo- form factor. Oh. So I, I'm excited because we need competition against Samsung, who's kind of stealing the show right now in that category. We have great competition to the fold, like probably the best, in my opinion, is, is Xiaomi, right? The, the Mi Mix Fold 2. But yep. I feel like, and, and of course, this uh, Oppo Find N2 is also very interesting, the, the regular model, uh, in terms of competing with Samsung. But I think for Flip, we don't have a competitor, right? TCL never launched their thing. There is the Huawei one, of course, the Pocket. But Pocket, this yeah. is, and of course, Moto. But the, the Moto, the Chinese model, or it's now global model, of the Razer 2 is pretty chunky, right? I don't know mm. if you watch uh, Mr. Mobile Michael Fisher's review of it. You know, he was a very pretty critical about it, despite being a huge Moto fan. And mm. then the original, as we know, the well, the original and the 5G version of the original Razer weren't that great compared to what Samsung delivered even on the original Flip, right? <laughs> and Flip mm. 5G that they did. So I feel like right now with the Flip 4 from Samsung, it is so refined that, it's in. It's kind of un- unbelievable to me that other than Huawei, we didn't really have competition uh, that was you know viable. This seems to be the first serious competitor to the Flip, and that's why I'm excited. I'm also really excited about that cover screen being so big. Yeah, and I'm actually yeah. wondering. It's almost big enough. You are being around long enough to understand this because it's at three point two six inches. It's the same size as the original Android phones. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How times so have changed. Does it does it let you use the front screen as an Android as a full on Android experience, or is it kind of more of a, a customized setup? Right. That's what I want to know. From the demos I saw uh, from the keynote, I think it's strictly for uh, notifications, notifications and stuff, previews, yeah. and uh, selfies. Okay. Yeah. I think I don't think they've. Uh, yeah, if I were Oppo, I wouldn't actually open that up to be honest. Because no, would... it would be ridiculous right now. It would be yeah. a bad user experience. But right, I think right. it'd be fun, you know, because somebody I'm sure will hack it to do that. Because if <laughs> it would be so good, like three point two inches, it, it's like exactly where we were at back then. So I'm excited about that. I'm also excited about the fact that it's a MediaTek chip. It's a Dimensity nine thousand yeah. plus. We don't have that chip on any devices, you know, in the in the US right now. Well, this is obviously not coming to the US. It's a global, but there's very few phones with a nine thousand plus. The Asus. Um, was it one of the RG phones? RG right? phone 6D series. Yeah, yeah, and then that's it, right? Because there's there's not that many out there, even they're, with the 9,000, yeah, 9,000 plus. Right. In so the others are the Chinese phones, anyway. Correct. So you wouldn't come across them. But it is worth mentioning that this is the first foldable phone with a MediaTek chip. That's true, Ever. too. Right. Ever. And bigger battery than the Samsung battery, um, yeah. which also has got me excited. Faster charging at 44 watt. By the way, the, the Find N regular is 67 watt, which I think is better Find than N2. last year's model, right? Yeah. Last year was only 33. And yep. there's a pen support now for the for the bigger one, right? Which I... Right. Did they show you the pen? Did you see it? Do we know anything it was, about it? You know, because I, I had a briefing beforehand. Okay, good. This They didn't mention this. So this was a surprise. Whoa, okay. So you didn't even yeah. know about it. I didn't know about it. Yeah, Do you until... know what the setup on the cameras is on the flip? Like it says 50 megapixel. It doesn't say OIS on that, which I'm a little disappointed with. 
Um, but hopefully it has it. Do you know what sensor they're using at all? I do. I need to, let me see if I, because uh, I'm looking at the... If you get some some uh, specs yeah, that I they know. gave I you. T- okay, here we go. It's the IMX709. 709. Hmm, I don't know that one. Yeah. Oh, no, that's the selfie camera. Sorry. Okay, that makes so more sense. The, oh, so it's the IMX890 again. For the main oh, camera. so it's the same sensor. Yeah, Does it same. say OIS or no OIS at all? No mention of OIS. Mm, that hmm. probably doesn't have it then. That that ultra wide doesn't look too too exciting either. Eight megapixels seems a little low because you know the Z Flip this year is still not the greatest camera system, but it's improved significantly over the Z Flip three. So um, the Z Flip four, I think, has has OIS, and you know I kind of am a bit annoyed with these flip phones. Yeah, kind of and and also for a long time i was annoyed with the folding phones the bigger ones uh the the fold series competitors not to really push the envelope for imaging until this year we finally got some good cameras on the big folding phones <laughs> including uh you know let's see honor and uh, xiaomi. xiaomi yeah and uh i mean huawei's already done a pretty good job on the camera mm-hmm. front of the folding phones. So, I mean, but I'm excited. And, and oh, do and we Vivo, have, actually. Or Vivo. Or Vivo. Yeah, Vivo's fold um, is, yeah, they've got. And then the nice price ones. on this, of course, now this is Chinese pricing. So, add $100 US is what I always say to get kind of roughly a, a US price. So, we're looking at, you know, what. N- no, that's no? not how it, it doesn't work like that. No. I kind of always think of it that way. Because well, the prices are much cheaper in China, it seems to me. Okay, well, um, it is true that Oppo uh, has been very aggressive with uh, its foldables. Well, the Find N back then. It's about the same price tiers again this year with the Find N2. Um, the basic one, which comes with 12 gigs of RAM and 256 gigs of storage, is uh, around 1150 US dollars. Well, that's pretty good. And then uh, jumping up to the top model, it's 16 gigs of RAM with double wow. storage, so 512. That's around 1,290. That's yeah. very aggressive. Very, there, very No, aggressive. I know, but I was talking about the flip. At 860, oh, sorry, right? Add another $100 or so roughly for a global model. Like, that's kind of why I think oh, about it. Oh, that's what you're talking that's about. That's what okay. I'm saying. Uh, like, I'm not global. talking about okay. N versus N2. I'm talking about Chinese pricing versus global pricing. I always I thought think you're talking of- about. I thought you meant currency conversion. That's <laughs> no, why no, no, I, no. I was so lost. I was just saying to uh, that if you take the price of a Chinese phone, usually by the time it becomes a global model, and if it's in the upper uh, kind of premium range, like in the thousand dollar range, or like above seven hundred fifty US dollars to start with, usually if you add a hundred dollars, you get a good idea of what the global price will be. So this looks like we're going to be close to like we're going to be below a thousand on the flip. When right. it comes out on the base model, with you know probably like I figured, so maybe they'll compete with the with the Samsung price, which is nine ninety nine right now. Mm-hmm. Although I have been seeing some discounts here in Hong Kong for for the flip, so uh, I, I've been seeing more of that. But uh, well, I, I personally, I'm not so much of a fan of the flip form factor. Okay, that's fair. No, because like I thought, the whole point of a flip was to have uh, the ability to double the screen size rather than going getting smaller. But then some of my friends, especially female friends, have reminded me that I don't get it, but like 
girls sometimes carry these tiny bags, handbags. Yeah, yeah. This is like a it's like a makeup compact, but in exactly. a phone. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's like it's only big enough to for you to put your makeup in there. So this the flip form factor is perfect. I don't think it's for most I mean, I'm kind of the exception, but I think that for most of us who are early adopters, tech savvy folk, we prefer the fold format over the flip format. But I think in terms of the mainstream customer, the flip is going to be the seller. 100% every time. I see how popular the flip is in North America right now. For for a fringe product, I still think it's not a mainstream product. You see a lot of it. Like I see more of that than I see pixels. Oh. So... Yeah, pixels. Yeah, but my point is, pixel is in this market very popular, especially here in the Bay Area, right? So the fact that I see in the wild quite a few flips and no folds tells me everything you need to know. Theo bought a Z Flip 3 for their second phone for Canada. Oh, okay. So, like, this is an iPhone user being so excited (laughs) about this form factor that they went on to buy one, right? Hmm. So, I think this is something we can't, like, dismiss. I think there's a certain appeal here. Um, And, you know, it's also, as you know, in this market, it's really hard to resist the deals. They paid $180 for it because they traded in two phones that I had lying around. And the trade-in deals that Samsung has are insane. Now, this was a year and a half ago, so obviously it's different now. But I looked recently to see, and you can still trade in two high-end phones from last year and get almost your Z Flip 3 for free right now. (laughs) I mean, almost, (laughs) you know. Uh, Samsung's being very aggressive. And it's interesting because everyone has followed suit. Of course, Apple lets you do it, but... But Google now lets you do it for the pixels and and OnePlus US even lets you trade in phones to buy the new OnePlus phones. So it's becoming kind of a must have, which is totally not the case in other markets, you know? Um, so you can't compete. Like if you're looking at, at, at that perspective, it doesn't make sense for anyone here to buy the fine end to flip, even if it becomes a global product. But for those of us who want something different and special, that I think is going to be a fun phone, assuming you don't prefer the folding form factor, like the, the, bigger, mm. the bigger folding phone. But yeah, I'm, I'm just excited that we have some competition. I'm excited that it's a Dimensity 9000 plus based, bigger battery. I'm hoping the camera system is half decent because that's always seems to be, you know, on the flip ones, a little bit of a, a downgrade. But at the same time, I also like the design. I think this big screen in the front, it's very elegant looking, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, obviously, they uh, followed, they took a page out of Samsung's book in terms of color uh, options, like the purple. Yeah. Samsung did really well with the purple. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. And you know what? It, it, it's, it's worth pointing out that, uh, again, according to Pete Lau, you know, who's also the chief product officer of uh, Oppo now, um, it's uh the this uh finance to flip is the first to uh, first flip phone to support dual sim dual 5g can you confirm that i i willing to believe it because i don't think any of the samsung phones are dual sims at least the ones we can get so maybe in europe they're dual sim but then they may they might not be dual standby they're probably dual 5g but they might not be dual standby i mean this is mediatek has always been the the leader at you know doing like dual sim support right. properly with like dual yep. 5g and then eventually dual standby 
So I'm thinking this is more of them leveraging the chipset. It, it's not sure. that, I mean, and maybe because they're the, it's the first MediaTek right, based right, yeah. flip phone, then it has that feature, right? It, I don't think it's particularly special. Yeah. But I love um, how Peach was, he was genuinely excited, uh, excited on, uh, when he <laughs> mentioned that on stage. He's such yeah. a geek. <laughs> He's such a geek. I love it. But I think these two phones are are great. And I'm excited to see, you know, Oppo come out with them. And I feel that, you know, between this flip phone and of course this updated N, um, the slightly larger form factor, and phones like the Xiaomi, we're finally getting some really interesting, really, you know, defining in terms of 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 improving the technology phones in the folding sphere and that's making me pretty happy you know so i'm i'm pretty excited about this um i want to move on to some of the other announcements at the oppo inno day and we have a couple of things yeah i don't want to spend too much time on the mary silicon y bluetooth chip and the air glass too but if you have some thoughts on these i'd love to hear them um because it looks to me like in the same way as Apple created their own wireless chip for their earbuds, and we've also seen um, other companies do that too now. Um, and I can't remember who did that as well. I think I want to say Huawei. It's um, probably Huawei, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, that it's exciting to see that Apple's doing that too, because you know this does not change the fact that these accessories from oppo these earbuds are going to be compatible with anything else but if you pair them with you know the right phone you're going to get a better experience in this case they're promising lossless 24 192 audio which is you know nobody's done that before i'm almost having a hard time believing that they can pull it off but then I look at the bit rates that they're talking about, 12 megabits per second over Bluetooth, that's never been done. So at that rate rate, you could do lossless 24192. So that's exciting. That's important. Yeah. I mean, you have to remember that Oppo um, started off doing high-end um, audio, audio video, video equipment, yeah. products back then, including Blu-ray players and portable audio devices. Uh, many years ago, they actually released a pocket DAC, I think. A yeah. DAC, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a DAC, and about the size of a smartphone, even bigger than a, a regular smartphone. So they, it, it's um, not, I'm not surprised at all. In fact, they, if anything, they need to do this to stand out because yeah. you can't just do an imaging chip, in, imaging NPU and be done with it. Uh, you, have, you have to also go back to the audio aspect of things to have uh, an advantage over the competition. And Oppo is known for their uh, AV experience, so good for them. Good for them. No, Looking I think forward this, to is, the accessories this is good as well. news. Yeah. And you know, as you know, we've a lot, there's been a lot of talk about doing lossless audio um, at that quality over Bluetooth, but nobody's really quite achieved it yet. Qualcomm claims to have, but I'm not quite sure they're quite there yet. <laughs> You know, and and obviously uh, we haven't seen anything from Apple yet. Although they they were talking about probably implementing some sort of kind of Wi-Fi connectivity to achieve lossless audio on the future AirPods, but we've never seen it actually happen so far. And you know, power consumption-wise, Bluetooth still makes more sense. I'm not sure, but I feel like it. Oppo might have been the first to crack that nut, which I think is big deal. But nice. the glasses, I mean, this is an improved version of last year's product, correct? Um, my understanding is 
I, well, I was told there's not nothing really new about the Air Glass okay. 2. So we don't really have to talk much about this. But uh, <laughs> okay. you know what? I mean, I, I, I'm a little, I'm getting a little tired of, uh, with these Me so-called too. smart glasses. Like yeah. you hear about them, but you can't really buy them. Not even in, <laughs> yes. even in China, they only have like root limited quantities. It's like a, it's just a beta testing, really, you know, yeah. open yeah. Uh, public beta. So, but they did give it a new name too. So I'm trying to figure out what's, what's different really. Uh, they're lighter. They they look more normal for starters. Okay. Last year's model was more like an Chunky. almost like a Google Glass, but with the uh, the display more integrated. But still, not I'm not not that impressed with it. Yeah. It's only thirty eight grams though. You've got to give them some credit on that. Only thirty eight yeah. grams for the entire yeah. device. But they didn't mention a price. No date. Yeah. It's just a sh- showing off. Like, it's like, showing uh, off. At this stage, it's But then concept. again, it is InnoDay. InnoDay is all about showing off. And I, and I do feel yeah. like it's nice that we're getting real products on InnoDay, like the Fine N2 series. But what I'm really excited about is that glass, all glass phone concept thing that they showed. I actually missed supposedly. this bit. <laughs> yeah. I somehow missed this bit. I don't know. Because uh, I, I did watch the... Oh, maybe someone was uh, at, um, this was a display thing. It wasn't part of the keynote. It could be a separate thing. Yeah, because I watched the entire thing uh, in in Chinese as well. So this, when you shared the list with me, I was like, huh, I didn't see this. I mean, it's Giz China, so I don't know. It's not usually a source that I use as a reliable source, but I feel like it, I've seen it in other places too. So I know it's, it's based on some kind of reality. Yeah, it is. I there's a there's a video there's like an eyes on video on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but what I will say is um, this whole all glass phone thing. Vivo did it with the Apex, did one, they? one of the Apex the concept phones. Yeah, I and I dropped, <laughs> I broke. <gasps> you told me about that. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I was later known as the guy who broke the Vivo phones because I. <laughs> I was trying to take How a photo. How long ago was that, Richard? That was just before COVID, so maybe three years ago. Okay. Yeah, two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Because wow. they, they came to Hong Kong, did a whole briefing, and uh, let us touch the prototypes. Right. <laughs> and I was uh, trying to hold two devices of different colors at the same time, and I thought being glass, they were slippery. So if two, well, I was holding three. I was, ge- I was being greedy. And one slipped slipped off and hit another phone that was lying oh. on the table right below it. So they both cracked. That just wow. says a lot about the, these whole glass concept phones. I don't, mean, it's still really it. interesting. I love the idea that in, you know, instead of like the sandwich we have today where like a, a high-end phone today has some sort of metal frame uh, yeah. usually with the metal exposed on the outside or you know anodized or sometimes even painted but it's rare it definitely looks better when it's when it's you know real metal that you can feel and touch and then you have the glass in the back or leather in the back or whatever and then you have the glass display part in the front right. so the idea here is that instead of that the chassis itself being metal like that midframe you're mm. basically carving out a piece of glass of or some kind of crazy ceramic material like you know, uh, think of the Oppo Find X3 Pro and Find X5 Pro back cover, which has this kind of integrated camera bump. But then imagine the, the the edge of the back actually being the edge of the phone and incorporating the the structural chassis, the structural metal frame, uh, but 
basically i'm pretty sure under there there's still a metal frame but from the outside when you touch the product you you basically are touching glass because the back goes into the sides and then the front is another piece of glass right yeah so i think i mean this this looks cool i kind of forgotten about the vivo <laughs> wow but you yeah. know vivo and oppo right bbk group i feel like you know they are recycling a lot of the same kind of concepts right over the years first in display fingerprint sensor remember that they were fighting about that they well yeah. i mean they all share the same supply chain uh at some point so when it comes to those features then yeah not just the bbk group it's just got to be the entire chinese uh, mobile industry that gets to share that kind of love oh yeah for sure but i mean it's still a bit siloed right like, like xiaomi's still doing a little bit of something different usually than the other guys right and bbk group seems to be doing something a little different too like i feel like there's some commonalities but there's definitely more commonalities between like realme oneplus and oppo you know and there's vivo is a little bit on its own kind of in its own planet with uh um iq, IQ or whatever IQ, right yeah yeah and yeah. then and then uh we don't hear about cc anymore i think that still exists does it still exist xiaomi's brand cc which is a chat was a china only sub brand for xiaomi cc yeah civi civi i don't know what it's called it's the letter c and the letter c c i oh oh that was more of a a sub series of a phone it's, yeah i mean I would, it was another it. brand that xiaomi had for a while now of yeah. course it's just xiaomi redmi and poco right that's it now yeah yeah <laughs> Well, they have the Civi series, which is a China thing targeting the female market for some reason. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's more like uh, they want to do their version of uh, Meitu. Remember Meitu? Oh, yeah. my God, Meitu. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, you know, there's you know, some manufacturers we just don't hear from anymore. And I'm kind of curious, since you're in Hong Kong, uh -huh. like, do, we, do you still see phones made by um, Meizu? Mm -hmm. is still, Meizu still around? Meizu has gone really quiet these days. Um, I like if they're still around. the The last phone they released was not that exciting at all. Okay, like it's clear that they they bought this design from one of the ODMs. Having said that, they got um, they got investment from a the Chinese car manufacturer Geely. I saw that. Yes, back in June this year. Yeah, so that's interesting. But we haven't heard from Meizu since then. No new product announcement yet. What about Smartisan? Smartisan's dead. Like um, they're gone. But Bike Dance bought their assets. Oh, that's right. And they made a phone. I kind of wanted that phone when it came out. The they did. Yeah, didn't they make um, a TikTok phone? I don't think so. Yeah, no. there was a TikTok phone. Mm, I need to get back to you on that. I. I because after they bought it, uh, there was one more uh, Smartisan phone, but it it was it didn't excite me at all. No, and I then, mean I'm I'm not sure it was Smartisan related in any way. I just know that ByteDance oh. released the TikTok phone. I don't know if Smartisan was involved, but it did. I need to get back to you on that. I don't think that happened. Maybe that was a rumor. You all sure? Right. Hmm. Well, I let's see TikTok phone. TikTok phone. Because we now, Dance, now we need but, to get to the bottom of this. Um, or maybe it's a Douyin phone, but you know, because Douyin TikTok phone is a solid budget handset with flagship 
Smart as and not Pro 3. Ah, see? That's a smart as and. They, yeah, okay, they, so the, but that's what, you know, I remember this coming out and thinking to myself, I want to get my hands on the TikTok phone. That sounds cool. But it's not the TikTok phone. It's not. Okay. It's, it's basically the last phone to release shortly after the acquisition. Okay, got Just, it. There was like something they had to finish off. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it was, it's not, it's not like a, a It's not the real deal, se. right? No, no. Okay, well, and that's unfortunate. Basically, and the, the, the hardware team got dissolved. Right. Shortly afterwards, they only bought the assets for some UI UX people. That's all. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think other brands that uh, that I haven't heard in a while. Chinese brands. Are there any? Can you think of any? Yeah. Um. Well, Lenovo had a brand called Zuck Z U K. Oh yeah. But that's gone as well. Interesting. And then for a while, the guy who was leading Zuck actually joined Xiaomi. But he only stayed for a year and then left. Interesting. So, yeah. No, I can't think of any other ones. Well, there you go. So ZTE's ZTE uh, and Nubia. Yeah, they're still around. They're um, still around. Yeah, Red yeah, Magic yeah. mostly really <laughs> seems to be their big bread and butter right now. Yeah. Well, Nubia managed to release. Oh, yeah. They literally three days ago they released their new phone with the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2. Oh, I didn't even hear about that. Wow. Oh, yeah, what's it called? This- it's got the Z50, Z50 on your side, yeah. Nubia Z50. Okay, that makes sense because they had a bunch of Z phones before. Yeah, but check this out though. They uh, this is the cheapest Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 phone you can get. It only cost 430 US dollars. Wow. Well, you know, okay. So here's the thing, right? The 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 Red Magic phones are sold in, officially in the US and support US 5G, and they're always the cheapest. They're gaming phones, but there's always the cheapest phones with the latest qualcomm chip flagship chip that we can buy here as well to give you an idea they are like 600 ish us dollars you know like 700 at most it's uh definitely cheaper than and and they come out pretty quickly after the announcement of the chip too so it's interesting because they're able to obviously bring some savings to even the us market on these phones so I don't know how they do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's cheaper for them to, I don't know. Cool. They can do the scale. They, you, when you do scale, yeah. then yeah, the bomb sure. is lower. Oh, that's interesting. That's oh, of course I didn't see it because it's, it's in gadget Chinese. I don't know how to read Chinese. So oh. I'll have to translate it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, OnePlus that announced that there's going to be an event on the 7th of February where they're going to launch the OnePlus 11 and the OnePlus Buds Pro 2. And then there's a little teaser video and it's going to basically be called, they actually had a name for that event. Cloud 11. That's it. So it's, <laughs> and it's in New Delhi in, in India. So you should go. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll fly us out. Who knows? But here's the thing, right? Richard, this is actually, I think, a good thing because they it was such a disaster, the launch for us in North America last year of the 10 Pro, because oh, wow. we saw it come out in China, right? Mm. And, yeah. and then people imported it or, or people like Ben got the, or you got their hands on it and we got reviews of the Chinese model. And by the time, literally three months later or whatever it was, several weeks later, at least two months later, that it finally became official in, in, in this market, 
it was we we knew everything about it. There's no point in reviewing it. So the interest was very low, right? The enthusiasm was almost completely wiped out. Marketing wise, they completely lost the plot last year. They some Chinese brands still do that. Like they uh, the global launch has to take place some time after the China launch. And that's fair, but I feel like OnePlus being kind of number three in North America right now, really, if you th- maybe battling it out with Google as number three, mm. that's like a big faux pas. Like you're sabotaging one of your key markets uh, by m- making a phone that has no more surprises, you know, <laughs> like it's very strange. You know, I know that's very common for BBK Group to do with Oppo phones and whatever, but but this we and we weren't surprised in the sense that we've seen this done before by Chinese makers launch in China, then launch globally. But this was such there was such a delay between the two, and then on top of that, the complete loss of interest. Right? It's like you know when Sony launches a phone and it doesn't ship in the U.S. for another nine months. Nine <laughs> months. Yeah. Like we don't care at that point. You know, the specs are pretty much obsolete. Right. Mm. So that was a big bummer. In their defense, as you, I'm sure you're you're, you're aware, the uh, uh, OnePlus was going through a phase over the last two years because oh, yeah, of the integration know. back into Oppo. I mean, I, I think that that would explain the lack of the lowered priority, if you want to put it that way. I, I honestly, I'll be honest with you, I would love to have a chat with Pete Lau because I think he screwed up. I think he's actually still screwing up the way he's marketing the OnePlus brand. And I've talked to people at OnePlus in North America, including the CEO here, and they are, they're kind of freaked out. They're, they're worried about losing relevance because they're getting their lunch eaten by Google. And they were in such a good position and they lost all that momentum because of this reorg and because they weren't able to market their products properly. The only place where they're still doing great in North America is in the budget to mid-range or not even mid-range, but the $200, $300 phones that are sold through T-Mobile, the N series, the Nord N, which is an N for North America. Mm, These yeah. phones are extremely competitive only because the only competition they have is not LG because they're gone. <laughs> Moto is the only competition oh, in, okay. with the Moto G series. So mm. I feel like all the momentum they had as a premium kind of flagship like, brand, they lost. Don't you have uh, the Samsung A series as well? That's we do also- have the A series, but they're not very popular. As you know, this oh. is a flagship market. You have two tiers in North America. You have the person walking into the Verizon store and buying the top of the line flagship from whatever brand, and they get a subsidy, and they don't even care how much it costs because it adds whatever it is to their plan every month. And then okay. you have the other people who are price conscious and walk into another kind of Walmart. carrier store, which is like the the prepaid store, like the... Metro by T-Mobile or Cricket yeah. or, and they are going to buy a Moto G or one of those OnePlus Nord N series because that's the most affordable, cool, well-specced phone that they can get. And they have to pay full price for it because it's prepaid. And that's it. We have nothing in that $500 range because of that. So the, the regular Nord or phones like the Nothing Phone 1 would have a really hard time flying here, even though I personally believe they're fantastic phones. No, right. and, and so it's very difficult. And it looked for a while there after the, the 7 Pro, the OnePlus 7 Pro, and the you know even the 8 Pro, that they had kind of reached number three parity 
in, in the market here. And then they lost all that momentum with this Oppo integration because I feel like Pete didn't really understand how it works okay. here. So now that you've mentioned the importance of the carrier partnership, yeah. I think that's, that's where they uh, screwed up then. Yeah, I mean, they've had T-Mobile as a partner for a while, but did you know that until the OnePlus 10T mm -hmm. recently, you could not get 5G on AT&T on any OnePlus phone? Oh. It wasn't certified for it. Oh, oh okay. Wow. And uh, people were really angry about it. Verizon was certified, but it didn't support um, their millimeter wave because the, all the newer phones don't have it. Until the OnePlus 9 Pro, they had a millimeter wave version, and then they stopped doing that for some reason. But if you look at the competition, Apple, Samsung, even Google, they have millimeter wave on all their phones. So it's not necessary. Trust me, you can be perfectly happy without it in this market because Verizon's yeah. the only one, and it's in such few places that it doesn't really matter. But at the same time, it's for a carrier to be happy is a critical feature to have, and yet they removed it from the 10 Pro. And the 9 Pro is the last OnePlus in the US that has millimeter wave support. And it's really hard for me because like, I understand, you know, you know that I understand the rest of the mar world market, that I keep track of what's happening in China and India and Europe. And, and, and I'm taking a very US-centric perspective here simply because I feel like Pete and his team kind of lost an opportunity and lost the kind of position they had in the market here. Now, it did, maybe it doesn't matter to them because it's not enough phone sales, but now they have to regain that trust and that mind share, especially amongst the media and the early adopters who have always been the ones kind of driving OnePlus, right? Like we've been the ones who finally put OnePlus where they were, and it wasn't until T-Mobile did the OnePlus 6T that finally they had a carrier partner that, you know, and since then, T-Mobile is the carrier partner. Verizon is kind of there. But you look at a Pixie, even Google has managed to get complete carrier parity where you can walk into any carrier store and get a Google phone. But I would imagine this seems like more of a problem with the uh, C OnePlus's CEO of the US rather than Pete. I think Pete still cares a lot about the US market. He knows. I, I don't know because there's not enough differentiation between OnePlus products and Oppo products anymore. Like you, they look very similar to one another. Yeah, and that, I'm, I'm talking about I'm, I'm talking about securing the carrier partnership. No, for sure, absolutely. But I feel like you also need to differentiate. Like I'll give you an example: a phone in North America should not have four cameras in the back. It should have two or three. The two should really be meaningful cameras: an ultra wide and a main. We yeah. don't care about macro or depth or whatever because it's not like India where camera count counts. But you need zoom. A good or phone portrait. has three cameras if it has yeah. a telephoto and that's mm -hmm. it and mm -hmm. the fact that we were basically getting rebranded oppo phones almost was kind of like you're not understanding the market and you were for a while understanding the market and i feel that that's because these are people making the product in china are not understanding what the market wants or I saying we need to get those two brands closer together because they're assimilating into each other and we need our supply chains to be optimized and our mm -hmm. manufacturing to be optimized, but they're losing track of the fact that in doing that, they're completely alienating markets like Europe and, and the US. And I think Europe too, because in Europe, people would I'm sure prefer just having two useful cameras rather than four, you know, <laughs> like that's- So, yeah. okay. Funny you should mention that because literally uh, around 
earlier this week, Oppo, well, <laughs> this is a OnePlus event. OnePlus also had <laughs> an event in China shortly after Oppo Inno Day that was hosted by Pete Lau as well. And he oh. was there. It was specifically to explain the positioning of OnePlus. It's got a realignment. So Pete announced that from moving forward, OnePlus will be more of an online brand. Uh, okay. So uh, I think this is he's talking more specifically about China. So there will no longer be OnePlus shops, physical shops. They, they okay. used to have those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they will be available in the Oppo shops, first of all. And secondly, OnePlus will be more of a... Well, first of all, OnePlus will be receiving a ton of money, a ton of investment from Oppo's side. Uh, using Oppo's uh, the chipsets, you know the uh, all those chips were mentioned earlier, the camera tech, and then they said OnePlus will be more of the uh, f- flagship, beyond flagship experience, geeky experience kind of branding. I mean, th- it sounds nothing new here, but somehow he was reiterating that, and he uh, he said something interesting. He said even if they make zero profit, it's fine. OnePlus can have zero profit after all the uh, bomb costs and all that. I don't know why he mentioned that. It seems Interesting. like in China, maybe they're, they're trying to make money from the software side. or I honestly feel that they're feeling the pain. I think Realme is the new OnePlus. I think OnePlus has lots of luster worldwide. I yeah. can't speak for India and China, but I can certainly speak for my friends in Europe and my friends in North America. You know, and and I think that's because of the integration and it, because the integration was not done, was done in a very Chinese mindset and not a, we are in different markets carrying a different people mindset, which I think somehow Samsung's really good at, even though they make a single product, it, it seems to be well optimized for all their markets. I don't know how they do that, but if they can do that, there's no reason Oppo in with all of its brands because I kind of count Realme as part of that because they're pretty close, right? Even yeah, OS-wise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't understand why these three brands... Vivo is in its own little sphere and they're doing great. But I feel like the BBK Group brands that are Oppo, OnePlus, and Realme could be doing so much better. Realme's doing okay, but they're kind of an unknown here and they don't have any brand equity. So what I'm thinking is OnePlus could be the opportunity for the Oppo Group or and being specific of Oppo OnePlus, the Oppo group, to make phones that are optimized for the West. And they're not doing that. And I don't understand why. This is a lost opportunity. Use Oppo for the rest of the world. Realme for the most affordable value products, even if it's a flagship value product, because they yeah. make great flagships too. And then create, create a masterpiece of a OnePlus phone for the West that really competes head-to-head with the three that are really right now killing it in these markets, which is Apple, Google, and Samsung. Isn't it true? Yeah, so here's the thing. Isn't it true that OnePlus kind of burned the bridges with pretty much all two or maybe all three major carriers in the US? They did, and they burned the bridges with their uh, audience, their their early adopter, their you know tech-savvy audience, who was 
you know, word of mouth was huge. People would sometimes buy a OnePlus yeah. phone because, you know, they weren't tech savvy, but the, they were available in the carrier store. They were kind of the number three option because they always had a display. And your friend told you about it or your brother or whatever told you about it. Yeah. And, yeah. and you were satisfied because the phone was a good phone. And right. now there's no longer that. And on top of that, the journalists decide, you know, screw this. You're, you're not doing a good job. Yeah, so yeah, they burn the bridges with the the media. But from what I heard from the actual proper in industry folks, they said the U.S. carriers were not happy with their partnership with OnePlus. So I forgot the the main reasons for those. But OnePlus has to fix this. And as you mentioned, the print the premium market is more very much uh, to do with the carriers. So if you if you can't work it out with the carriers, or if you can't fix whatever shit you did with uh, with the carriers beforehand, then that would explain why OnePlus has been uh, that active or has been as uh, timely with the US market. I mean, it's been a hard sell for us to recommend a OnePlus phone for the last year and a half. Yeah. I mean, I, as you mentioned, the integration was not ideal. And in fact, they tried to get rid of Oxygen OS in the first place, right? And then yeah. they realized, oh, yeah. oh no, we can't do that. <laughs> oh, man. And, and then the other thing you have to understand is that Google today is not the Google it was two years ago. The Google of the Pixel 5 days is a completely different Google than the Google of the Pixel 7 days. These phones are killing it here. Like mm -hmm. they are absolute masterpieces in the mind of the people who are normally OnePlus customers and the media. And they're, they're clearly the number three now in this market in the US because of that. Like. It's an incredible turnaround. Are they still selling a lot? I don't think so. But They're Google not, can. No. Google doesn't matter. Google has all the runway in the world. But they're <laughs> finally making phones, Richard, that are hitting all the boxes, that are featuring everything you want. And they're adding their incredible ecosystem and software tweak on top of that that makes it irresistible for many of us who are so deep in the ecosystem, right? So... Well, I I I I wouldn't know because I never got. You to don't have try. one. Yeah, I no, know. I don't. No, no, seriously, the the six series last year, the uh, not the six A, although the six A was pretty good, but it came out, you know, in the summer. It's essentially it's last year's stuff. But the six and six Pro were a turnaround for Google, and the seven and seven Pro are just reinforcing that in a major way. Like I'm still not a big fan of Tensor. I still don't want that i want a snapdragon or dimensity chip in there given the choice with maybe a custom npu to do all the cool imaging stuff that google does i think that'd be much better than this exynos derived tensor crap that they're dealing with because it's not that good the radios are not that good the battery life could be better but considering what they have to play with considering who they decide to go to bed with the samsung stuff <laughs> they are i think they're making better phones than the samsung phones Interesting. So, Interesting. Because of the software, because of the camera, because right. of the ecosystem, it's, you know, it's important. But before we talk about the five phones we really want to pick as our best for the year, I want to ask you quickly what your thought is on this news about nothing has released basically Android 13 for the nothing phone one, and you're going to have a limited opportunity to test it here in the US. Some people are going to have a chance to basically try a nothing phone one in the US with Android 13. And 
it tells me that they're coming out with a U.S. phone and maybe a carrier partnership next. Well, Carl did say that you know, a U.S. launch. Yeah, I think that this is you know clearly them testing that out, right? Which yeah. I think is exciting. I love that phone so much. I don't love the glyphs and stuff and the gimmicks, but the fact that the <laughs> phone is really affordable and so well balanced, right? Everything about it is nice and good. Not the best, but nice and good. It's great. Yeah. For the price, you can't really complain much. Yeah. I think it's more of a word of mouth thing. And, you know, Carl's very, he's been very good at getting uh, celebrity endorsements, especially people in the fashion industry as well. Yeah, he's managed to create this fashion brand kind of vibe. Yeah, and I think that's another thing that you know, it's kind of icing on the cake. Like to me, the glyph stuff is cool, and I like it. It's do I want? Do I need it? No, but I appreciate it, and I think it's icing on the cake. You have a really solid cake, and then on top of that, you got this tasty, delicious icing on it. The cherry on top. Yeah, and I mean, (laughs) kudos. And you know what I'm seeing here, honestly. Richard, is I'm seeing Kyle getting frustrated with what was going on at Oppo OnePlus mm-hmm. with the direction Pete was taking things and going, you know, he did the Nord and the Nord is like the proto Phone 1. Like it is really the the kind of direction that the Phone 1 eventually became. You know, the Nord was a really well-balanced mid-ranger and then the Nord 2 as well. And then he left. Well, he left before the Nord 2, I guess. And then Right. We got the phone one and the phone one is essentially the, in my mind, kind of like a Nord three really, but with wow. new design <laughs> language stretching. and new, you know, but it's good. It's a good thing. This is not a, a, I'm trying, I'm not trying to be like negative here and saying that I feel like he's been I mean, able Nord, to. Yeah. Kind Nord of three do, is so boring compared to another exactly. phone one. <laughs> no, no, but you know, I'm saying, okay, maybe Nord, Nord three, maybe a Nord four. Like it's basically like an evolution of what he had started there. Right. I guess you can say that using Nord the as marketing, a reference platform for his kind of yeah, and kind of yeah. like that that really nice, really good, not the best, but really nice, really good, solid and affordable value. Like I could per- like I was perfectly happy with the Nord as my main phone, and I'm I was perfectly happy with the Nothing Phone One as my main phone for a while. So, especially because it has wireless charging, <laughs> which is one of my requirements. <laughs> I know. All right, top five phones for Richard Lai. From oh. five to one. Wow, five. I was going to go like from one to five. Now, if I you want to do one to five, let's do one to five. Let me think. Um, I'm gonna, okay, I'll start with one. My top favorite of this year, it's the Xiaomi Mix Fold 2. I've been using it as my main phone since day what, day zero, really, right. before, before it launched. And uh, I'm still very happy with it. It's still the slimmest fold, uh, foldable phone. It is unbelievable, guys. If you ever see this phone in person, it feels like a Star Trek prop. Like, it doesn't feel real to me, yet it is real. It is so slim, 5.7 millimeters, like just slightly thicker than the USB-C port. And uh, for its size, it's, uh, I would say it's still surprisingly, uh, I mean, of course, overall, the weight is still like 261, 2 grams. Um, it's heavier than the uh, normal phone, but you, it is a foldable phone. And for its thickness, it's amazing. And uh, camera-wise, it's not bad. You right. know, they've got the Leica it's, branding. It's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only complaint I would say is uh, this distortion, because uh, I think it's because they have to achieve such a slim 
Um, yeah, the Z factor. depth. Yeah, they yeah. Have to make some sacrifices with the in terms of optics. But other than that, I'm, I've been very happy with it. Um, uh, and Great. it comes with a uh, back cover with a kickstand on it. So, you know, I sit down, get my noodles, and uh, I'll be watching Netflix on my uh, big screen. Fantastic. It's, it's fantastic. It's my uh, dream, uh, childhood dream come true. Fantastic. Number two. Number two. Oppo Find N2. They arrived just in time. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you that squeezed through right at the end of the year. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, you know, like uh you you both you and I were big fans of the Find N. And now we have a, a perfected Find N, which is the Find N2. It's lighter, great cameras finally, and uh much faster charging time as well, and great screen, improved screen, especially on the inside. So yeah, love it, love it. Okay. I mean, I still want the bigger screen, uh, which is why I... Uh, right, I put and you have choices, exactly. Yeah, I have choices here. Number three. Ooh, number three is probably the RG Phone 6 Ultimate. It's a nice phone with the OLED on the back, yeah. OLED on the back, uh, fantastic cooling, massive battery, 6,000 milliamp hour battery. Like, yeah. And, you know, uh, I'm not that much of a gamer, but when I do, especially like PUBG and whatever, I can't do it without those air triggers, you know. The, right, um, for sure. And even if you're not playing games, this is uh, this has everything. This phone is packed the to the gills. Oh, the front-facing speakers, incredible, fantastic, still mm-hmm. the best, still the best for watching videos on 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 a phone. Yeah, so definitely RG Phone Six series, the entire series, anyway. Yeah, including right. sixty. Yep. What's your and number four? Number four is probably the gosh. This is where I'm struggling. I. I, I the nothing phone one is definitely one of one of the two. Number four, number five. You know, okay. it's very unique, great price performance, and you know, it's something that when when people look at it, they know what it is right away. The word of mouth is super strong here. The marketing okay. game, the branding, fantastic. Last but not least, gosh, Vivo X ninety series. Yes. Well, they're not technically. Are they out? Really? Well, Can we buy them? Yeah. <laughs> let's let's do you want to pick in hong kong it's not officially available yet but they they did say they're launching do you want to pick the january. x80 pro instead no but it's it exists in in hong kong anyway i i gotta talk about what, what i can get here right right so for me it's the x90 x90 series. okay yeah, yeah good actually no you know what oh i don't know yeah let, let's stick to vivo but uh I, I've I've got a lot of things to complain about Vivo these days, but uh, we'll save that for another time. We'll see how, right. how things go at the <laughs> 400, 400th episode. <laughs> right on. Yeah. I hate the freaking... Sorry, I, oh, man, I'm so angry with Vivo. That stupid text on the back. Oh, you know what we're talking about. Yes. What, what, the, what the hell are they thinking? But anyway. <laughs> no, I, I can understand that. Okay, my number one Pixel 7 Pro. Nice. Uh, it's market dependent, I know, but <laughs> I am still not sold on folding phones. Like I like them, but I don't really feel that they make my life better because I'm not a window multitasker. I am a swipe between apps multitasker. And sure. so as such, I feel like I've got a better experience on a large screen brick phone, right? So, and then, you know, they've, They've refined it so much. The only thing I can think of that makes me kind of question my choice is the Tensor chip, but they, it's a much better this year. And so overall, that's my number one pick. My number two, 
Man, that's a tough one. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Samsung is is in number two somehow. I have a kind of a toss here between, of course, the S twenty two Ultra, which is like the new Note and has one of the best camera systems on the market and can be bought anywhere in any market in the world, and then of course the Z Flip four because again I see a lot of traction with this. I find it pretty interesting every time I use a flip phone. I really like it. So one of those two. Number three, probably would pick Xiaomi 12S Ultra for the camera system. Because look, next year we're going to be able to buy the Xiaomi 13 with the same sensor, but right now we can't. And I would like to, as a runner up to that, the Xiaomi Mix Fold 2 simply because it is a remarkable piece of engineering and I have to have at least a non-flip folding phone in there. So one of those two, because I think Xiaomi's done some really good stuff with their Leica partnership as well. Uh, The photos I've taken with uh, Juan Carlos Bagnell's imported 12S Ultra have blown my mind. Like that main sensor, oh, it's DSLR grade stuff. It's insane. Uh, Number four, I want to pick the Vivo X90 or X80, depending on what's available for you. Of course, the X90 with the new sensor is going to be probably a better choice. But I think even the X80 Pro last, what, six, three months ago was an incredible package in terms of imaging. And that's still my focus. I still feel like I'm kind of gravitating towards phones that have really good cameras you still can't technically buy the x80 anyway uh, on your side so i don't see why you no have to but pick- i have a review unit so you know i you oh, know to touch i remember oh, our okay. audience here this is all over the world so i'm kind of trying to be as broad as i can but yeah, yeah, yeah. the the x80 or x90 honestly i want the x90 pro plus really badly right now so i'm hoping to get my hands on that right and then my number five is <laughs> it's tough because look i want to say nothing phone one yes but mm-hmm. i have to say that if i look at the world market right now and what you know my friends and family are using i i have to have an iphone in there somehow so it's a uh. toss between that and the iphone and the iphone of course it'd be a, a pro max and i think that for that well 14 pro 14 pro max i think i'm impressed with the fact that it's taken this long for Apple to bring us a large sensor, but they did it well. And more importantly, I still think ProRAW is something that doesn't get enough attention. ProRAW is, you know, there's an equivalent on Samsung and I believe Vivo is something similar now too, but I feel like theirs is so easy to work with in post, you know, that it's a really exciting feature to have. And for recording video, short of using an, a Mary Cyclinex based phone that does incredible low light video, I feel like video recording on the iPhone is still hard to beat. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's my top five. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, listen, let's wrap up. I would love you to tell the audience where they can find you on the internet, Richard, and all the handles and all the stuff you do. Okay. So I'm still on Twitter. So funny enough, <laughs> uh, I'm uh, Richard Lai, uh, L-A-I, and uh, I'm also on Instagram. I think I'm more active on Instagram these days. So, oh, cool. Uh, Richard Lai HK, so slightly different there on Instagram. And, well, Facebook as well, if you want to find me. Um, it's the same, same handle as my Twitter on, on awesome. Facebook, I think. Yeah. And you write for Engadget China and Engadget 
U.S. as well, or yeah, English. yeah, yeah, yeah. When, Chinese when I, and English. I, Chinese and English. So I, I uh, on the Chinese side is more admin stuff. Yeah, but uh, uh, speaking of which, I will be going to. I'll be covering CES for Engage Chinese. Will you be going in to person? CES? I'll be there. Yeah. Absolutely, I'll See be you there. there. See you at Indeed. CES. Indeed. Well, Vegas. I hope we get a chance to hang out a bit. For sure. Yeah, so folks, you know, follow Richard on the internet and read his cool stuff. And you know where to find me. I'm at Tankerl, that's T-N-K-G-R-L. Like the comic book character, drop all the vowels. And uh, you got my handle on Twitter and Instagram. And yes, I'm still on Twitter for the time being. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, I'm not super active, but I tend to post a lot of photos still on Instagram, even though reels are where it's at. I don't know. I'm kind of old school. It's just about photos for me. So if you want to see pretty photos of phones, of cars, of food, of travel, all taken with phones, check out my Instagram. If you want to chat with me and Richard about this episode, Twitter's probably the safe place to be. Uh, safe is probably not the right word, but it's a place where you can interact with us, let's say, if you feel up for it. And then, uh, of course, the podcast is at mobiletechpodcast.com or on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, everywhere good podcasts can be found. And please subscribe and tell your friends. And if your app lets you rate or review the show, go ahead and do that. That would really help. There's a couple of YouTube channels right now. They're a little bit on hiatus. I haven't really posted much on them, but youtube.com slash mobiletechpodcast youtube.com slash mobile tech more one of them is the phones and the wearables and the audio stuff like headphones and earbuds and then the other one is all the other stuff car tech travel tech home automation and uh typically it's unboxings and some reviews but as i said i need to kind of get a little more serious with them it's been a bit dull there lately so stay tuned because i will hopefully crank things up a notch in 2023 starting with cs so you know how to use uh, youtube so like subscribe tell your friends click the little bell comment all that good stuff i'd appreciate it and of course if you want to help me out with this to make this podcast happen and financially help out, Patreon is where it's at. Patreon.com slash tankgirl. That's patreon.com slash TNKGRL. You can get a video version of this podcast and you get it ahead of everyone else. You get it two or three days before, typically, and you can see the awesome Oppo Find N2 that Richard brandished earlier there if you subscribe. So Please check out the Patreon. There's some tiers there. There's the video version. It's a little less edited. Sometimes I leave additional content in there. Uh, there is, of course, a Discord server you can join to chat. There is a bunch of other perks, so check it out. Patreon.com slash TNKGRL. And if you want to donate and participate and help in another way, there is a PayPal link in the show notes. You can click through and make a little donation, maybe buy me a coffee or something. That'd be great. And then I want to finally thank our sponsor, Audible. Audible's been with the show since the very early days, and they've been pretty awesome sponsor to have around. So I want to thank them again. And we have a special deal for you. AudibleTrial.com slash mobile tech is the URL, and it gives you a 30-day free trial, and you get to keep a book whether you stay or not. But I think you'll stay, and I think the reason for that is because if you're like me and you love books, but maybe your eyes are tired at the end of the day, you don't want to look at another screen, you want to listen to a book being read to you or something like that. 
Well, Audible is your choice. Audible is the platform for that. They are an, the best audiobook platforms in the world. They have a ton of books to choose from. Some of them are read by the authors. You have an incredible selection. And more importantly, you have some short content too. You're not just the big long books. If you want something to snack on for a bit, or you can get podcasts that are unique to Audible. So it's not just books and it's anything and everything that's read to you. So check it out, audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. And I really love it. I really appreciate it because again, my eyes are just not getting younger. So check out Audible and uh, help if you can. And I want to thank Audible again for being our sponsor. And Richard, I want to thank you for being my guest on the show on the 300th episode. I appreciate it. I know it's crazy, right? So awesome. Congratulations again. What a milestone. Well, thank you so much. And I will definitely have you on the show, hopefully for the 400th, but even maybe before that, you never know. Before, yeah, um, let's do it before. Let's do it before, because <laughs> now I want to really hear that Vivo rant. So, ah. all right. <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. We'll have another throw next week. And until then, cheers, everybody, and happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.